This is Brian Hill, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Friday, so we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. And all week, we've been talking about Mortal Kombat. See, I didn't use the sound clip because now we're talking about the new movie. So that's like representative of the change from the 95 movie to now. See, we can get heavy on this show sometimes. It Rarely, rarely, but we can. So the new Mortal Kombat. Uh, here is my review. And it's, it's a review. Uh, so the, the movie itself let's let's talk a little bit about the behind the scenes in the movie first what went into it and everything so it's directed by simon mccoyd it's his first movie to direct um he has a background in commercials and things like that written by greg russo who again hasn't done just a whole heck of a lot of stuff um but is is making a name for himself so uh, this movie just opened up, doing pretty good. I mean, it's already like made its money back, so that's that's fun. The cast, I will give it to this: the cast is very representative of the actors and things. You know, if you go back to the the '95 Mortal Kombat that we were talking about and stuff, you know, with the exception of like Liu Kang, everybody was white. Um, you know, Braden was the Highlander. Um, I mean, well, Shang Tsung was right. But there, there wasn't a whole lot of diversity to it. And they really fixed that with this. And I, th I think that's pretty cool. The characters' designs and everything are really neat, really spot on. I love the costumes, the makeup. One little complaint. Uh, well, I, I don't know if it's a complaint. Like, when Goro shows up. I think, like, Puppet Goro from 95 looks almost as good as CG Goro in this one. So that just goes to show, you know, practical effects or, or where it's at. But the the whole the whole cast, um, Louis Tan is Cole Young, which is a new character introduced in this film. Um, Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade. Josh Lawson as Kano. He's particularly fun. Um, then you have just uh, the rest of the cast. I can't tell you how, how bad A they look and how awesome they are. Um, even Sissy Stringer is Melina. The way they work the makeup, like, with the wide mouth and the the teeth, um, I think I think they made it work pretty well. It was, it was good. So, it, it's a fun movie, but the plot, uh, we open in 17th century Japan, where the Lin Kuei led by Bihan, who is Sub-Zero, are attacking um, Hanzo Hisashi's clan and family. And uh, his wife hides their newborn daughter, and every Bihan ends up killing everybody. And then Raiden shows up and takes the daughter, because she, she'd been hidden, uh, takes her away. And then we fast forward to modern times, where there's this tournament. We... The special agents, uh, Sonya and Jax, are investigating this tournament. And Cole Young is kind of a toward the end of his career, not washed up, but just toward the end of his career fighter. 
and he has this birthmark of the dragon, the Mortal Kombat dragon. So they're like, hey, that if you have that mark, you're a fighter in this tournament. And I think that's kind of cool because they also introduced that if you kill somebody with the mark, the mark transfers to you. And that's how Jax got it. That's how Kano got it. Sonya doesn't have the mark. She's just kind of doing all the, the legwork, um, almost like in an oracle sense, like in, to use a Batman reference, but she fights as well. So she's like Oracle and Batgirl mixed together. Um, so it's really cool. Well, then they all go and train, and like Sub-Zero is just a murdering machine. Like he rips Jax's arms off. I mean, he just destroys everything in his path. Um, so they go and hide up at this temple that Kano takes them to. And here they meet Liu Kang and Kung Lao, who I really enjoy. Uh, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang and Chin, uh, no, sorry, Chin Hong is Shang Tsung. Um, Max Huang as Kung Lao. They, especially the Kung Lao character, he's just like, he's not arrogant the way Kano is, but he's kind of, he, and he's not, an, I don't know, he, he's a really cool character and everything. Um, and then other stuff happens. So I guess this, before we get into spoiler warning, if you just want my spoiler free impression, it's fun. Uh, it has some holes that I'm really going to get into in the spoiler side of the show. It's worth watching, especially if you have HBO Max. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't watch it if you have HBO Max. Uh, I might go see it in theaters because I'd like to see some of these fights on the big screen. But all in all, it's it's okay. So, spoiler warning. Spoilers ahead. Alright. So, once they get there, they're training and the guys are just kind of jerks to Sonya. They're like, hey, if you don't have the mark, you're really a liability. And Kano's eating it up. He's like, aha, you know, I'm better than you, blah, blah, Um, Well, then Shang Tsung and all of his warriors show up. So basically what Shang Tsung does is before the tournament, he tries to kill off all the participants. So that way they don't have, you know, they don't have anybody to fight in the tournament. And so he wins. So since this is the 10th one, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to kill anybody with the sigil, the little tattoo birthmark thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, he shows up and Raiden puts this barricade around him to let him, to, to keep Shang Tsung and his magic out. Well, as it goes on, they're training and they start to unlock their powers and do everything. And uh, Cole is like, hey, I don't have powers. I'm not supposed to be here. So Raiden sends him home. Well, then we go to Outworld where Shang Tsung is chilling, and this is where we meet. Um, we'd already kind of met Melina, but this is where we meet Cabal and Goro and Raiko and Natara. And Cabal turns out, like in in the movie, he's a human that had a past with Kano, and Kano betrayed him. But he's like, "Oh, hey, I know this Kano guy. He'll let me go talk to him." And he goes to the temple and talks to Kano through the shield. And he's like, "Hey, Kano, look." We'll give you all the money you want if you let us in. Well, so Kano, being the greedy, no good so and so that he is, breaks down the barrier um, and lets him in. And as this fight's going on, Goro shows up at Cole Young's house to, you know, kill him uh, and presumably his family. Well, the Earth Warriors get their butts handed to him. I mean, they just, it's barely even. Oh, I say it's barely a fight. Um, Natara does get killed by Kung Lao 
and a fatality. And that's it. There's a lot of little video game Easter eggs in here. You know, you get fatality, flawless victory, finish him, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that, this is one of them. But Kung Lao also gets killed by Shang Tsung during this fight. And he does the infamous, you know, your soul is mine. And that Chin Han and Shang Tsung did an admirable job. You know, he was great, but uh, Kerry Takawa as Shang Tsung in the old one, you know, that's just so iconic of a role. To the point where he's the voice of him, of Shang Tsung in the video games, you know, it's hard to hard to compete with. But So the, they get their butts kicked, but as Goro is fighting Cole, Cole, like, realizes his heritage and blah, blah, and he develops his powers, which is like this suit of armor thing. Um, and kills Goro, which was kind of shocking, you know, because Goro being the boss of the first game and having a big role in the first Mortal Kombat, I was I was kind of surprised that they killed him off, but and so, then all the Earth, the living Earth people regroup and Liu Kang becomes Liu Kang. I, I think Liu Kang had a better journey than Cole did because when we first meet Liu Kang, he's kind of a timid warrior you know, he's talking about how he was an orphan and Raiden and Kung Lao and uh, all of them took him in and he developed his powers but then when Kung Lao dies he's like you know we were supposed to die together and so he rips up his robe and gets his rainbow bandana on and starts kicking butt um, I, I don't know to me I don't know it's because Liu Kang is an established character and so I wanted to see him do everything um, Louis Tan is great as Cole Young but like I said Ludi Lin as Liu Kang was, was really cool so the, they get together and all of a sudden Cole had you know he's the hero now and he's given this speech like, okay, you know, we're gonna attack him individually. And um, Jax, you go against uh, Reiko, who's this hammer dude that was he debuted in like Deadly Alliance, so he's not. I was kind of surprised he's him and Natara, if we're being honest. And then he's like, okay, Liu Kang, you know, I know this is personal, so we're gonna go. You and I are gonna go fight uh, Cabal and Molina, and. Sonya, you go fight Kano. And I think, I would like to think, in his head he knew by like sending Sonya to fight Kano that she was finally going to kill Kano. Because she almost kills him a couple of times throughout the movie, but doesn't. But here she finally does, and that's how she gets her, how she inherits her invitation, you know, that we talked about. So I, I think he knew that was going to go on. And they're like, well, what about Sub-Zero? He's like, well, he's way too powerful, we'll fight him later. After they all win their matches because they're the heroes, Sub-Zero is shown to have kidnapped Cole's wife and daughter and teleports him to the the fighting arena that we kind of first met him at. And he goes and he's fighting Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero's winning. He's kicking his butt. But he uses one of his ancestors' tools and... His ancestor, the Hanzo uh, Hasashi, actually is Scorpion. Like, all this time he's been in hell trying to find a way to get revenge on Bihan slash Sub-Zero for killing what he thought was his whole family. Uh, and so Scorpion shows up, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm Scorpion now. And they tag team and beat Sub-Zero. 
in a really good fight. I mean, like, the choreography and the fight scenes in this movie are really good. They're that nice mix of brutal, but kind of over the top, but not too over the top. Even when they bring in, like, magic and things, it, it's still still really, really impressive. And so they beat him, and then he's like, okay, you know, you've, you've released, released me, you've saved our family's legacy, good luck. And then Shang Tsung shows up, he's like, okay, you may have killed these warriors, but I have armies of people ready to fight for me. And Raiden teleports him away, and he's like, this guy never shuts up. And that's the end of the movie. And then, then we do get a little scene, which I'm kind of surprised wasn't a mid-credit or in-credit scene, where the uh, Cole's back at his gym, and the guy's like, hey, you want to fight? He's like, no, I'm, I'm not fighting for you anymore. I've, I've moved on. He's like, oh, where are you going to go? He goes, oh, Hollywood. And he turns the corner, and there's a poster for Citizen Cage starring Johnny Cage. And then the movie ends. ends. They don't even get to the tournament. This whole thing is about the Mortal Kombat tournament. And Shang Tsung's like, oh, no, you know, we'll make sure they don't fight in the tournament. We don't even get to the tournament. Like, I was on board. I was digging this movie. I was loving it. And then just kind of stopped. Uh, year, a few years ago when Fan4Stick came out, the new Fantastic Four film, I talked about how I felt like it had an Act 1 and an Act 3, but no Act 2. This movie feels like it has an Act 1 and an Act 2, but no Act 3. I blame that on trilogies and movies and the MCU, you know, setting having a franchise and not being able to tell a complete story in one movie. But, yeah, as the credits started rolling, I was like, wait a minute. We, we never saw the tournament. We never got there. And we've used all these characters. I mean, we supposedly killed Sub-Zero, but that it, Shang Tsung was like, you know, death is just another portal and teleports all these dead people away. So, who knows? Um, I, I don't know. It, I enjoyed it. I really did. But the ending just fell so flat on me that it hurt the film as a whole and I I would I would honestly I would probably give this movie like an eight eight and a half out of ten uh some people have been complaining about Cole Young being a useless character but you know I get it he's a POV character we need something uh, I even I have headcanon that Sub-Zero's a good guy and Scorpion's a bad guy and it's really not even headcanon because we've seen Sub-Zero aid the earth heroes numerous times you know some of the cartoons we talked about earlier in the week and everything uh, in the first movie they were both enemies of each other but Shang Tsung like owned their souls so that's why they fought for him blah blah seeing Sub-Zero as a bad guy and Scorpion as a good guy was kind of weird um, but you know, they made it work and I was I was okay with it I rationalized everything in this movie like I was like I said Eight, eight and a half out of ten, and then it just stopped. And it leaves you wanting more. So that dropped it down to like a six or a six and a half for me. Um, still, the fight scenes are great. The act, Some of the acting is better than in the original one. Not all of it. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think I like the new Kano better. The, the old Jacks we didn't get a whole lot of in the first movie. And like I said, we don't really talk about Armageddon. Um, Scorpion and Sub-Zero actually have roles. They're not just the ninjas that come and fight. Lord Raiden, he's, he's different. He's kind of more 
he has a more godlike feel, like kind of more ominous and everything. Whereas in the first one, since you did have Christopher Lambert, you know, he was kind of cracking jokes and doing things. And so this Lord Raiden feels more in line with the video games. Um, Sonya's about the same in both movies. And in this one, you know, in the first one, her arc was revenge on Kano. In this one, she starts the movie with Kano in custody, then they kind of team up. She does end up killing him. But her real story is not being chosen to represent Earth and the guilt over that, and then finally being able to represent Earth and to develop her powers and stuff. So, and seeing Cabal was cool. Uh, he was always one of my favorites. But, so maybe that, you know, maybe that is why they did uh, Raiko and Natara, because they're. Let's be honest, expendable characters. But again, we never got to the tournament. It's the Mortal Kombat tournament, and we never got to the tournament. So I don't I don't know. It the the ending just really hurt it for me. Um Like I said though, there's no reason to not watch it if you don't have HBO. If you're a fan of the games, go watch it. At the end of the day, it is a video game movie, so I'm not quite as harsh on it. Uh, but even as far as video game movies go, it is one of the better ones out there. Supposedly, like, uh, Joe Teslam, who plays Sub-Zero, has a four-picture deal. So we will, uh, we will see. I mean, there's, it obviously sets it up with going to look for Johnny Cage and stuff. And they, uh, they have it planned out. I mean, Russo is on the record as saying... And I didn't know this going into the film, but he this movie is pre-tournament, the second film is the tournament, and the third film is after the tournament. And there's the possibility of a Johnny Cage standalone film in there, and The Miz has said he wants to be Johnny Cage, and uh, Ed Boon is like, I'm down for that, so... I don't know. We will see where the future of Mortal Kombat goes. Um, let me know if you like the film. You can let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. Just look for The Night Nerd. Um, email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Otherwise, that's going to do it for me today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.